Well, welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast. Today's topic, Horseman's Wager, part two of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike. Welcome back to Manager Tools. Today, as we so often do, we are covering the second in a two-part series on Horseman's Wager. So, as I so often say in situations like this, please go back and listen to last week's show before taking on this one. You'll be glad you did. Last week, we covered the basics as to why playing the game just doesn't quite work. And today, we get into the details of the dreaded Horseman's Wager Matrix. Here we go. But now it, it is time to go uh, lay out Horseman's Wager in two-by-two two form. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, okay. So we've got a slide to make it easy um, uh, on the website. And here it is described. For those of you who are driving, please don't pull out the slide. Um, <laughs> here it is in a nutshell. Think of a simple two-by-two two matrix um, or, if, if you more detailed, a box a square with two lines, one horizontal, one vertical, dividing it in half horizontally and vertically. In fact, I'm thinking, Mike, there are thousands of people out there right now who don't immediately picture that four square, if you will, checkerboard when we say two by two matrix. If I say two by two matrix, you've already got a picture in your head of a square with a horizontal and vertical line cutting into four equal quadrants. Yeah, no doubt. But, okay. Yeah, so I mean, I, I read The Republic, so I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're, so our, our relationship is truly platonic. That's great. Okay. So for, for, <laughs> that was bad. That's I'm going to have to edit notes, that out. It was it? so bad. That's not in the show notes, folks. Um, for purposes of our discussion here today, um, we'll number the four smaller squares in the larger square. Okay. We're going to number them as quadrants, one through four. One is in the top left. Two is in the top right. Three is in the bottom left, and four is in the bottom right. It's just like reading left to right and then bottom to, or top to bottom. Okay. Um, odd quadrants one and three are on the left if that helps you, and even ones are on the right. Okay. Okay. And then we add the dilemma and the outcome. So we'll put the dilemmas right. on the left axis vertically. Right. And the dilemma is simply: Do I be, be myself? Right or in other do words, I prepare? In other words, ethically prepare. Right. right or do I do I play the game? Right. Do I do, engage in all that puffery and all that stuff? Right. So the basic left hand uh, axis here, the vertical axis: Do I stay truthful and prepare hard, or do I take a chance and hope that again that little bit of puffery will get me what I want and offer? Okay. Wait. wait okay. Okay. I, I have to interrupt here real quick and say you're using that word puffery perfectly. Um, one definition out on the web is an exaggeration of praise lavished on a product that stops just short of deception, just short. And 
if you didn't know it, folks, the U.S. Supreme Court actually ruled that puffery is legal. I can't speak for anywhere else in the world, but in the U.S., puffery is legal. It would happen so frequently. There was a case brought against it a number of years ago, and the Supreme Court said, we believe in the inherent intelligence of the common person, and we think they should know when uh, you puff, puff, when puffery tra- transitions into a blatant lie, which is one of the reasons why examples of things like golf balls, they say no one goes farther. They can't say we're the farthest, but they can say no one goes farther um, because everybody's golf ball goes exactly the same distance as far as the official rules of the probably the PGA allows them to or the USGA allows them to hit the ball. Um, so so this may be one of those subtle cultural cues that leads folks down the path of of shenanigans, frankly, that that that. Puffery is okay, that that interviewing is a place where puffery happens in the same way that TV advertisements are a place where puffery happens. We make the, the product puffed up. We make it look good. And so in an interview, I can't be as good as anybody would, you know, I, I can't be as good as they want me to be. I'm fundamentally un- insecure about myself. So I'm going to puff myself up. And the question ends up boiling down to, um, do you go too far? Right. Are you are you just short of deception? And unfortunately, if you're with a skilled interviewer, they're gonna they're gonna draw the line much further away from just short than you might imagine. Yeah, well, I'm just marketing myself, right? So I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not so much. right. Okay, so anyway, on on the left of the vertical axis, we have our choice: play it straight, right. preparation, or play the game. We'll put preparation on the top. So quadrants one and two, aligned with quadrants one and two, is preparation, and right. then playing the game is on the bottom of our matrix here, Axis. aligned with quadrants three and four. Right, exactly. Now across the top of the box, we're going to split the left and right hand sides of the box based on the the question we're going to ask on the top, which is the outcomes. Okay, we've got two possible outcomes of an interview: right, offer or no offer. We're going to put our uh, the, the offer, that outcome, our goal on the left um, above quadrants one and three, and we're going to put no offer, the the less desirable, if you will, at least in theory, the less desirable outcome on the right above quadrants two and four. The offer then is odd, so to speak, one and three, and no offer gets even. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, now, I'm, I'm reaching. I'm reaching. I admit it. I know. Well, we're trying to describe what appears very simple on a piece of paper. So Yes, exactly. Okay. So now let's take each of those four quadrants in order, one through four, and then talk right. about what happens in terms of both in terms of the process and the outcomes. Okay. Um, this is where we reveal our little secret, our dirty little secret about interviewing, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Oh, goody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get on with it. Okay. Uh, this, this is where it gets exciting. People don't know this is coming yet. Um, this, this is where Horseman's, log, Horseman's Wager gets good here in Quadrant 1, and then it gets really, really good in Quadrant 4. And now I've built it up so much with so much puffery, it's going to fall flat like a souffle I would make. There you All go, right. folks. There is a great example of what not to do when you're interviewing. <laughs> You'll just disappoint. There you go. Exactly. Okay, so we've got quadrant one. That's the case where we have prepared. We've been ourselves. We've been the ethical person. Um, we've done the hard work. We haven't played the game. We haven't shaded the truth in our favor. We haven't tried to make ourselves look good at the expense of an honest man's good night's sleep. I love that John Cougar, uh, John Mellencamp has a has a um, 
lyric from one of his songs, an honest man's conscience is his pillow. Um, we haven't dodged any questions with half truths in order to make ourselves look good. We have prepared because if we're going to be honest, we're going to have to work hard. And equally as important is in quadrant one, we win. We get the offer. Exactly. We do. Indeed, we do. This is the outcome we want, and we've done the right thing, so to speak. Um, it's what most interviewees would think of as the ideal outcome. You know, that's, that's, that's a little misleading because there are really two ideal outcomes in this matrix and two ineffective outcomes, but, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, but, okay, before we go any further, though, what would be another ideal outcome? Oh, no. uh, see, people, people are wondering. I mean, literally, they're going, well, what would be? And I think there are some, per- don't you think, Mike, there are some people right now thinking the other ideal outcome is, I didn't work very hard, but I got the offer? Well, uh, yeah. And that's not the right answer. No. The right answer is, I, I, I didn't get the offer. Because I'm not right. Because I'm not right for the job. Exactly. Or for the company, or for the organization. Exactly, yeah. But people miss that because they're thinking short-sightedly. Okay, anyway. Um, okay. So here we are. We've done well. But again, this is where in Q1 we start release, We start revealing the dirty little secret of interviewing. Drum roll, please. We say in the interviewing cast that the purpose of interviewing is to get an offer. That's all. Not to take an offer. Okay, that happens later, and it can only happen if you get an offer. But here's the thing, folks. We can't divorce the interview from the process it's a part of, which is going to work somewhere, right? Literally taking an offer and actually going to work. There is something more important than whether one gets an offer from a company. Tactically, maybe, your goal is that, but there is something more important than getting an offer from a company. The offer-no-offer piece is only the short-term answer to the behavior we're talking about. The real value of interviewing behavior is the likelihood of it predicting and producing a good long-term fit between you and the company which chooses to offer you. As much as we don't like interviewing, it's still the process of choice. And so we've got to believe it sometimes provides some indication of long-term fit for a company. It's not perfect. It's not ideal. Right. right. But it's, it's better than nothing. And frankly, it's what we have. It is what we have. Unless you're willing to come up with something better, you might as well, within the system, understand it and work within it. Yeah. If you come okay. up with something better, you're going to be a very rich person. So yeah. go for it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so here's the core of our recommendation as it relates to horseman wager. Here's the part that's doable. When you prepare and behave ethically, the result of your interview is the result of your interview is not only accurate, it's more predictive of your fit and success with the interviewing organization. Now I, I can see something that most folks listening cannot see. I can see the show notes, and they're all capital those words, and it's all bold. So it's some pretty serious stuff. One of, if not the most important thing we say in the cast, do not make the mistake of driving for an offer when that offer may in fact be a poor predictor of your future success because it is based on misleading game-playing behavior. So the dirty little secret is that it's just, it's not just the offer that matters, it's what your behavior and the offer together Together, suggest about long-term fit that are the real key to the interviewing success. Yes, perfect. Okay, so quadrant one is a big win. We prepared, right. we behaved ethically, and then we got the offer. 
but most importantly, that offer has a high correlation, relatively speaking, to our longer-term success once yes. we accept the offer and show up at right. the job. To more happiness in the job versus just a burst of joy that you won during the elimination process. Exactly. So, what about quadrant two? Okay. Quadrant two, again, same situation. We behave ethically and we prepare, but now the outcome is different. We don't get an offer. Sad face. Yeah, sad face. Um, we worked hard and we failed. But, okay, did we really? Sure, it's possible we didn't prepare well enough, but that's true of any situation. I assume everyone won't say to themselves, well, I might not win even if I do prepare, so why bother preparing at all? I think that actually might be quite prevalent for those who don't know how to prepare at all. And, you know, and while this isn't a sales pitch, don't mistake us here, that's why we created the interviewing series, to help give folks the right preparation. I mean, yeah, most folks know, that, are... That's a good point. You're right. And let's do full disclosure. This is not a sales pitch. Um, I think if somebody were to listen to this for the first time, they'd say, God, these guys are selling a product. And, and uh, I would have to say, please call or email or go to the forum, somebody who's been listening for two years and ask how many sales pitches we put out. Um, I can't remember how many caveats we put out to the anniversary casts, for instance, uh, you know, right? I mean, or 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 casts that are that are not in the normal flow of things just to help people understand we're not uh, this is not a normal cast so we we do everything we can to separate uh, the wheat from the chaff so to speak um you don't have to buy the interview series of casts to prepare you can do a lot on your own but separate from that this this concept that we're talking about here horseman's wager is too important not to share okay now to get back to q2 Many folks would assume that not getting an offer is a bad outcome. But if you've done a good job preparing and you deliver a good interview and you get told no, that's a pretty good sign that you probably wouldn't have fared well in this organization. The organization knows far better than you do what works and what doesn't, and they sense that you're not right. M maybe it's intangibles. As it so often is. Yeah, okay. And maybe it's a subtle fit with the boss or someone better skilled in certain places. Maybe you could do the job, but someone else could do it better. Now, look, if in that situation somebody else could do it better, you suggest that the firm should offer you in that case. Think about what that would mean if one of my surely a future, future horseman's law, which is entitled <laughs> Roles Reversed, Okay, think about what that would mean if roles were reversed. You're the interviewer, and now you have to hire. Morally, you should. You have to hire your fourth choice. How's that for talent management? Makes no sense. Yeah. So the key learning here is that both quadrant one and quadrant two, with preparation, while we only get an offer in one of those quadrants in quadrant one, right. both quadrants suggest a more effective long-term solution, right? Either get the job, you're right for it, you get the job, you win, or you're not right for the job. I mean, that's yes. the interviewing process key, is the, a proxy for point, I'm sorry, I stepped all over you, didn't I? I apologize. Um, the key point there is, if you're only thinking short term, you can't see how Q2, not getting an offer, could be okay, right? The person who's focusing on short term is focusing on the left side, the, 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 you know, how do I get an offer, whether I'm ethical or not? 
When in fact, if you think long term, it's the top of the, the quadrants. It's both Q1 and Q2 that produce the best long term results. Yeah, that's a key point. One has to get out of the short term thinking and think of it yeah. long term. Right. And, and, and long term, it doesn't mean, well, I got my I got two percent more salary or something like that. <laughs> yeah, two percent. Yeah, that's that's how to make yourself feel better about yourself at night. Two oh, percent more salary. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, I'm so have I. You know, it's interesting. I think I think it will become even clearer as we walk through the next two. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about quadrant three. Yeah. OK. Now we have the candidate playing the game. You're shading. You're stretching, you're being clever uh, to look very good as opposed to just good. Uh, you're making sure all the buzzwords are in place, even if you had to practice pronouncing them. And you never use them at your old company. Um, and, don't know what they mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you don't know what they mean. That's yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get. Yeah, you wouldn't want a vocabulary quiz at the end of your interview. Uh, and you play the game. You you you. You're slick rather than true, and you get the offer. Wow. And on the surface, that's good. Yeah. Sure. If you're thinking short term, you're on the left side of the quad, left side, left the, 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 the box, right? You're in the leftmost quadrants, Q1 and Q3, the odd ones. Um, you got the offer. But what's gonna, gonna ha- what is going to happen when you go to work there? You've been offered... On the basis of a false premise that you are or you who that you are who whom you represent yourself to be. And I would argue, folks, there's a good chance you're not going to be happy there, let alone a good chance you're not going to be as successful as your interview would predict, your boss presently thinks, or that you believe. Yeah, I mean, this is, look at this does happen, and everybody knows it. I mean, the hiring managers are 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 talking to themselves every day, going, "What happened to that guy I interviewed? Where where did he go?" And yep. So in this case, in the long run, everyone loses, even though in the short run, it looks like the interviewee won. Yeah. yeah. So as long as you're thinking about the black box. And you see the unpredictability and you think I'm going to be slick and clever. You think I got the offer. And if the, the black box, the people who see it as a black box, they look at it and say, well, Joe got the offer. That's great. That's success. And in fact, based on black box thinking, which drives myth driven behavior, that's the intent is to get an offer. No, not really. The intent is fit, not winning. I mean, it, this, you know, this is not about winning is not getting more pay or a better job, it's furthering your career. And if you're talking about your career, you're talking long-term. Yeah, th- this reminds me of the, the I, I never get this quote quite right. I need to look it up. It's um, being rich is not having everything you want uh, or, or getting everything you want. It's freedom from desire. Um, and and essentially, you have to be careful about getting what you want and then discovering it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. So, look, basically what we're revealing here is the danger of that black box mentality, thinking, okay, I don't believe in interviewing. I know that people do it poorly. I've seen managers at my company do it poorly. They're idiots. They they, they say yes to the wrong people. I know that's going to happen to me somewhere else. So I'm going to be clever. I'm going to be slick. I'm going to put myself in a situation to get the offer. And then I'm suddenly going to be smart and ethically behave around the decision I have to make. Um, 
that black box mentality drives behavior that is wrong on so many levels, ethically, professionally, systemically, in terms of continued bad results. There is a short-term positive that is celebrated here in Q3 and a long-term negative that is often missed, never correlated, and much more important to the entire system. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, then, quadrant four. Quadrant four, we play the game, but we don't get the offer. Okay. Now, okay, we, we've revealed the dirty little secret, but this is where the dirty little secret picks up a shovel, digs a hole, buries itself, and covers itself up. Because, I mean, really, this is the crowning jewel of, the, of Orson's Wager. Think about this. It's the ultimate double whammy. It's not only that you don't get what you came for, you don't get an offer. It's not just that, folks. I mean, you played the game and you didn't get the offer. What's more, here it is. You really have to wonder, what would have happened if I had done my preparation? Would they have offered me if I had played myself? Yeah. And that is something I'd rather not contemplate personally myself. I mean, that that I think that's the equivalent of eternal damnation, isn't it? It, it is. There you go. It's Pascal's wager. It's eternal damnation. You got to wonder and imagine. You know, I heard stories a number of years ago um, about uh, when, when Apple was real popular about somebody camping out in the thirty days in the in the lobby or out front of the lobby, and they finally gave him an interview and he went to work there. Um, heck, for all I know, it was Guy Kawasaki. I don't I don't think it was, but but. Um, what a shame to really want it so bad, but to not be willing to do what you would expect every direct of yours to do, that if you want something bad enough, you work hard and you dot your I's and cross your T's and you prepare. Um, and so you're willing to be slick. Um, and, and then you end up not getting it. And you have to wonder, gosh, what if I had taken off the mask? Um, tears before, bigger tears after, when the shock sets in that they did not say no to you, they said no to that little cardboard cutout you held up in front of yourself. This is like, I hate to say this, this is like dressing one way for a date and being told no when you asked for a second date after you had a good time. And then a week later, seeing the young man or the young lady that you had interest in with somebody else dressed exactly like you would have if you had been your smart self as opposed to your slick self. Yeah. Well, and basically the crux of this cast is pretty simple, right? If you think long-term, the best outcomes from interviews come from preparation. Yep. And the worst ones come from playing the game. So, like I said, be your smart self and not that slick self. You said it, partner. Cool. So summing it up, preparation. Interviewing is a black box. And playing the game is a classic myth. It happens, but it's a myth, folks. It drives the wrong kind of behavior. And Horson's Wager is really simple. Um, in that two-by-two, two, you've got four quadrants. The top two quadrants, one and two, are about being yourself. In one, you get an offer. In two, you don't. And in the bottom two quadrants, three and four, you play the game. And in one, you get an offer. And in four, you don't. And the answer is not play the game in order to get the offer. The, offer, the, the answer is be yourself with preparation, which is what professionals do. Um, not only will you benefit in the short term and in the long term, but others will as well. Yeah. Be yourself and get the right answer, which could be either yes, you got the job, or no. Or no. I, 
either case, you're doing okay. Yep. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, sir. We'll see you later. Well, there you go. Horseman's Wager. Hopefully, after listening to this cast and availing yourself of the interviewing resources we have here, you won't find yourself on the losing end of the wager. As always, Mark and I truly appreciate your continued support. And as much as we appreciate hearing from you via email, show at manager-tools.com, we absolutely love it when folks jump on the discussion forums and support the community of like-minded managers over there. You'll find the forums at www.managertools.com slash forums. So until next week, folks, so long. <laughs>